Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey guys, it's me, Zach, again. This is the state of the podcast address. Just like every time I do one of these, I feel like they're warranted because I have a lot of information and putting it on social media or the website or the blog or whatever isn't really viable when a lot of people either wouldn't access those or might not even be aware of them. So I think the best way to reach you guys with new news is to kind of just put it in episodes like these. To be honest... It was kind of last minute, not only because I've loads of work to do and I don't really like doing these kind of free-flowing episodes without real scripts, but also because I have been quite hesitant to tell you all of this since I've been sort of keeping it under wraps for a good while. I'm sure you'll discover why as I go on, but suffice to say, if you reach the end of this quite unusual episode without turning it off then you'll discover a few things you probably didn't know about Zach Twomley, as well as a few other things that might make you quite excited about the future of When Diplomacy Fails and the future of Zach Twomley himself. If that doesn't draw you in or keep you interested, then you're in the wrong place, really, because what could be more exciting than me? So, as you may have gathered, When Diplomacy Fails is moving to Acast, What does this mean for the listeners? What does it mean for you guys and fans of When Diplomacy Fails? In short, it means that there will be advertisements. And now I know what you're thinking. This is the end of When Diplomacy Fails. Zach is selling out. Zach has doomed us all. When Diplomacy Fails will never be the same again. It's past the golden age. Zach has been subsumed by the corporate demons that lurk outside and within, etc, etc. But... To be quite honest, it's kind of hard to avoid. I mean, in this day and age, 
there is a lot of expenses that I'm incurring. There's a lot of things I have to do. There's a lot, a lot of work goes into this. And I know you guys know that. I'm not saying that so that you'll owe poor Zach and pat me on the back and that kind of thing. And I'm not saying it for handouts. I'm just saying it because it's true. I really do love When Diplomacy Fails. I love podcasting and I always will. It's one of the greatest passions I have in life because it means I can take like teaching and bring it to you without really leaving any area of my house or going way out of my comfort zone and it's amazing to think that you can hear this no matter what country you're in or what language you speak that to me is amazing and it will always be amazing and that will make podcasting really important but all that being said it takes a lot of my time to the extent that when I'm not working on other projects or investing in my future or anything like that like I'm working on this guys I really am I mean I haven't really had any time off I think since before the podcast started and now this might sound a bit like selfish or like trying to big myself up but that's not what this is this is kind of just trying to give you a fact maybe even you could you could think of it as a journey into the life of a podcaster hopefully I won't put you off in the process but a lot of the time of my life I spend podcasting or preparing for the podcast or thinking oh I should put that in the podcast and if I'm not doing anything to do with podcasting I'm thinking hey, well, why am I podcasting right now? So I really think that it's warranted in some way to put advertisements in this, but obviously at the same time, I would rather not. To an extent, I can't really get away from this because advertisements are something that come as a side part of having Acast as your host. Whether this is a good thing or not, will time will tell, but... For me, at the moment, it's good because it means I don't have to pay any hosting costs. And that's good because it saves me about €200 a year or $250 a year, which, of course, is nice. $250 a year isn't a... Like, it is a lot of money when you put it like that, but because it's split up over months, I don't really notice. I mean, I'm not made of money, but I do okay as it stands working part-time and... It's not like I have to pay rent or anything. I live with my very wonderful parents, so it's fine. But it would be nice to not have to pay that and put the money somewhere else, such as, I don't know, t-shirts that I've been promising you all this time. Anyway, so why am I moving to Acast from Liberated Syndication? First of all, I would like to thank Liberated Syndication, because they have been amazing for the past three and a half years for When Diplomacy Fails. And I really can't recommend it enough putting yourself with a hosting site like Liberated Syndication who can sort out all the technical details for you and will actually help you concentrate on the body of podcasting rather than having to worry about like hosting and RSS feeds and tech support and what happens if this goes wrong and maybe my bandwidth has gone past blah blah blah. I mean if you're able for all that great but like many other people I was in the position of not really knowing how podcasts worked when I started out and Liberated Syndication really helped bridge the gap between making podcasting an idea and making podcast a reality. So for that, I owe them a great deal. Which may make you wonder why exactly I'm leaving them. To be honest, it's not exactly my choice, but at the same time, I am happy to be doing it. Let me explain what I mean there for a sec. A while ago, I may have revealed to you that a few of us history podcasters are banding together and creating something special called Agora Podcast Network. That is still going ahead, but for that to happen, we have agreed to put our podcasts on 
the Acast hosting site. What this means is that I will be leaving and everyone else will be leaving their former hosting sites and putting their podcasts on Acast. We do this because it will make everything more streamlined. Agora Podcast Network as a network is going to be streaming from Acast. So I think it makes sense to have everyone who's in Agora to be hosted with Acast in the first place. Okay, so that's all the techie boring stuff aside. So what will the ads be like? Well, ads on Acast can take two forms. The first are the radio-type ads that appear every now and then when you're listening to the radio or come on on YouTube in form of video, or you might get the odd time on Spotify and that kind of thing, where it's basically just this 30-second ad promoting a specific thing, and then it's over, and the podcaster or YouTube or the radio has no control over uh, exactly who says what in that ad, obviously to a certain extent, but you know what I mean, because the other version of ad is sponsorship, in which, say, a certain product is promoted or a certain service is talked about, the most obvious ones being Audible or Harry's Razors or that kind of thing. You know, the ones that we've all heard of many, many times. Obviously, sponsorship is preferable because it means you're doing the thing yourself You have control over what you say and what way you say it. You can make it charming. And in general, it's not that bad because you feel kind of important and you're putting your own effort into your own kind of commercialization of your podcast, if you like. With that being said, I have to be quite honest with you guys that it is the first version of the ads that we'll be getting because in order to get the sponsorship ads... Acast is quite frank, but also very pleasant, about the fact that these companies and organizations and what have you will only really look to podcasters to do sponsorships if they have an excess of about 50,000 downloads a week, because they feel that it's not worth their time to pay that extra bit of money to do sponsorship unless it's going to reach a wider audience, which is fair enough. So what form will the first version of ads take on When Diplomacy Fails? I will have a certain amount of say in what does and what doesn't get advertised here. There will be ads at the beginning and ads at the end of the episode, up to about 30 seconds long, but most of the time, hopefully not that long, and hopefully not that intrusive either. And don't worry, there'll be none of those mid-roll ads because I've opted out of them. I made that a term of my (laughs) coming to Acast because I know how annoying that kind of thing is. So yeah, that's what ads are, and... That's what they will look like. Will they ruin when diplomacy fails? I really don't think so. If you consider the fact that the episodes of when diplomacy fails, for Britain Goes to War at the moment at least, they're about 30 minutes long. If, like, 30 seconds ruins 30 minutes, then I'm sorry, but maybe you shouldn't be listening to a podcast. I don't know. Do I have the right to say I can put whatever I want on the podcast to a certain degree? I I think I do, but... Would I rather not have ads? Sure, but the great thing about the ads and the great thing about Acast is for a little bit of discomfort for you guys, I get free hosting and I get a little bit of money on the side. Now, it is a small amount of money and I can't really tell you how much it is, mainly because it'll vary so much from month to month, but it means that I won't be like struggling as much as I was to kind of make podcasting work financially. And don't get me wrong, you guys are absolutely fantastic with your donations. I really 
I couldn't have asked for a more generous listener base. Even, like, I'm still amazed that you guys give so much of your money to me. I Like, it blows me away, especially when I see those monthly, the monthly subscription options where some of you guys pay as, like, a tenner a month to be a diplomatic intern i loved i loved the way i set that up by the way i was giggling to myself like a complete nerd if you want to know what i mean check out the blog wdfpodcast.blogspot.ie where you can sign up to be a monthly donator and choose from one of the uh, subscription options there i'll say no more about that because we're not really here to talk about be fit but be fit anyway but as i was saying so advertisements on when diplomacy fails do not worry because it is more likely you'll at first notice them and then be like, oh, right, so here are the ads, and then that'll be it. If it's really that bad, you can fast-forward them, and if you really hate it that much, then I guess if you just don't want to listen to End Diplomacy Fails anymore because of some ads, then maybe you weren't that much of a fan to begin with. Anyway, we won't get into that because that can lead down dangerous paths and whatnot, but I would like to appeal to your better nature where this is concerned, and I know When Diplomacy Fails is something you listen to when you're out and about when you're relaxing and whatnot and ads might seem a bit intrusive but you have to remember that at the end of the day when diplomacy fails is made by me in my free time and sometimes feeling great about making a podcast while it's great to feel great about it it doesn't really pay the bills now this won't pay the bills either not exactly anyway but it at least won't add to those bills or take away from the income of zach twomley so that's really all I have to say about Acast and the changes it'll bring. I feel like you do have a right to know. And yes, if I had a choice, I would love to not have to put advertisements on this. But this is the direction that us group of podcasters are going in. And this is the direction that When Diplomacy Fails as a podcast is going in. It doesn't mean I'm going to get more commercial or start to charge for past episodes or anything like that. Or start a subscription service because I'm just not bothered and I don't think you guys would pay for it anyway. All that it means is that I'm trying to make When Diplomacy Fails earn for itself rather than just relying on the kindness of strangers. Now, relying on the kindness of strangers is great, and I love doing that, and I still will do that. And obviously, you guys are very welcome to donate as much as you like, but at least now I won't have to keep harping on about how expensive all this podcasting malarkey is, and I can instead just moan and groan about how much actual time it takes. Another word of caution, just because... This is a new thing, and moving to Acast is a new thing for When Diplomacy Fails. It doesn't mean that the ads will only be on new episodes. Acast have a way of making your back catalogue work for itself, which means that even on the older episodes, some of those really god-awful ones, they will be injecting ads at the end and at the beginning of the podcasts. Just in case you were wondering how on earth they did that, they know what they're doing, so don't worry, I knew about that too. Okay, so... I suppose we should move on to the second issue that we have to cover in this state of the podcast address, which is the fact that I am about to graduate from, I suppose, University College Dublin, but also finish my master's in a history of international relations, which I have been doing for the past over a year. Well, I'm graduating now, but I finished the dissertation way back in July, so I haven't been really a student for about over three or four months, but because in UCD the way it works is you don't really graduate until like four months after you actually finish all the work you have to do for some reason, such as the bureaucracy of the university. But where this concerns you is that soon I will be Zach Twomley 
B-A-M-A, which means that I will be super, super qualified to do this, and you are even more likely to listen to me and believe everything I say than you were before. Okay, well, actually, maybe not, but what I did want to say was a big thank you for sticking by me and for supporting me when I was absent for a good portion of my master's because I was doing my master's and not podcasting, but thank you for sticking by me because it is important to me to keep on educating myself and bettering my understanding of historical knowledge, and honestly, everything I learned from doing scripts and researching those scripts and making history more accessible to people, I've really been able to apply to my college life and my college research as well. And I honestly think it helped my dissertation and the background knowledge I got from the July crisis definitely helped my actual dissertation itself. So for that, I guess I have you guys to thank, but I also have my own insane ambitions to thank for actually trying to make crazy projects like the July crisis anniversary project. Anyway, I'd also think that I should mention quite another exciting bit of news. I found out at the end of September that my dissertation on the Code of Honor called Honor at Stake that is actually released as a six-part podcast series, I'll have you know, actually received an award for being the best history dissertation from 2014 to 2015. Now, despite the fact that this happened about a month or two ago, I still don't really know the details of it. What I do know is that it was the best out of about 30 people who also wrote a dissertation. Now, am I going to get big-headed about this? No, but I think it is pretty cool that before I knew this, I thought that honor was a pretty interesting concept to the extent that I had to share it with you guys and that you guys heard this Masters before it turned out that it won an award. So that's pretty cool, isn't it? And doesn't this kind of mean that I can sort of claim that When Diplomacy Fails is an award-winning podcast because the podcast series on the dissertation, that that dissertation within that won an award. I can do that, right? I will anyway. An award-winning podcast when diplomacy fails. Ah, It's got a nice ring to it. Uh, I probably won't get away with it though, but anyway. So that's kind of exciting, right? It also, it, it ties into what I want to do in my life, which I'll get into in a little while, but it also ties into another part of Zach Twomley, which I will explain right now. And that is applying for a PhD. In other words, I want to do a doctorate. I want to be Dr. Zachary Jonathan Twomley. And I want to get this doctorate from Cambridge or Oxford. Because I feel like, and I'm going to sound quite egotistical or arrogant when I say this, but I feel like having made When Diplomacy Fails from the ground up, and I feel like having gotten the award for the best dissertation... I feel like I deserve to be in a place like Cambridge or Oxford, and it really would be my honour and my pleasure to go there. I really think I could do something great there, and I really... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think that it would be amazing to follow the journey of Zach Twomley from a 20... Well, what age was I when I started this? 20 or 21? Anyway, from a first-year college student to finishing his PhD, like imagine that, that's an incredible, it's like an online diary that I set up unintentionally. But yeah, so that's the plan, I want to use basically this podcast as evidence that I'm passionate about history and I want to point to how well I did in the dissertation and my overall GPA results, which were 3.98, I'll have you know, to get the funding that I need to do the PhD. Like, getting into Cambridge or Oxford isn't impossible, despite the fact that I would feel really in awe if I did get in there. What is a bit of a problem is the funding and paying for it all, because you could be the smartest guy in the world, but if you don't have the money to pay for the education, then you're kind of screwed, aren't you? Well, actually, no, you're not, because you could get a scholarship, you could get funding, and in fact, you could get a very, very generous deal in which you get the maintenance and the fees all paid for you. So, of course, it's competitive, but I feel like with the record I have now, I should stand in good stead of getting in there. I will keep you guys updated. I mean, I won't know until like about spring, if even, whether or not I have a good chance of getting into these places, but at the end of the day, if I don't get into Cambridge or Oxford and I'm not doing a PhD in October 2016 or whenever Michaelmas term starts. If that does happen, of course I'll be a bit disappointed, but I'll see it as a chance to maybe pursue the podcast a bit further. I don't know. I'll cross that bridge when I come to it, but suffice it to say, I will be doing a history PhD at some point. I mean, it is inevitable. I will find the money, whatever. I will I will find a way to do it because that is my passion. That is where I want to go. If Cambridge or Oxford won't have me or they won't provide the money, I will find someone else. But for the next year, I do want to try and apply to one of the best and most prestigious universities in the world because I feel like they should have someone like me. And to be honest, a lot of this is confidence. Who's to say who's worthy of going to one of these places? I mean, we all know from my series that they used to be full of self-entitled rich, arrogant snobs who only got there because their parents paid for them to get in there. Obviously, that's not the same way now, but that's the history they used to have. Like, who's to say in, in the history of that place that any of the people that went there were 
entitled to by merit, by way of intellectual or any other ability. Now, of course, it's different, and I'm very thankful that it is. I mean, that's, that legacy is still there, but at the same time, this is a good thing, because the who's who of British people who do have gone to Cambridge and Oxford over the past 600 or so years, and the names only get more and more recognisable as the trend of sending your sons or what have you to these universities became the thing to do. So I'll be walking on the footsteps, hold on, I'll be walking on the shoulders of giants when I go in there, but I'll be going in there with fresh ideas and a real passion and excitement to take part in the learning experience of Oxbridge. I think it's something that we can all be excited for because it can only mean good things for the podcast. I'll go from being a first-year college student to a doctor in history, and I'll still be your humble podcaster. I promise I won't change or develop any atrocious imitations of an English accent, or at least I'll try very hard not to. I love going to college because I love learning, and I love researching, and I love, well, above all, I love looking at these ridiculous correspondences between statesmen who fretted about the most ridiculous of things, and I love seeing conversations that took place over a hundred years ago, and finding humanity in them. I find it all so interesting. You know that I do. You know that this is my bread and butter. You know me far better than any of my professors do, because you always hear my voice. You always tune in. You know my awful humor, you know the inadequacies of my pronunciation and my enunciation and what my voice sounds like when I have a cold, what my voice sounds like when I'm tired, how I tend to drone on, how I really hate technology, all these things you guys know. And in many ways, you guys are my inspiration. And I know that sounds cheesy and I'm not fishing for donations, or am I? But it's true, like... I would never have thought I could do anything like this. And because I have done this, because I've made When Diplomacy Fails, I feel like I am capable of applying to Oxford or Cambridge and doing the PhD there. Like, what makes me unable to do that? What makes me unable to sit in a room with the people that do a history PhD? What makes me unable to graduate with flying colours? What makes me unable to teach at a university level and release books and advance podcasting even further in the field of history? What stops me from going on TV and talking about what I really love talking about? Like, nothing except my own self-confidence, and it's becoming more and more clear to me that I really need to believe in myself, just like you guys believed in me enough to listen to this podcast in the first place. And that's something that I learned without the need of any kind of therapy or anything like that. It's just something that I kind of... It just struck me. Like, why would I not apply for the best universities in the world? Money problems aside, even to say that I got into these places and wasn't able to pay for it is pretty cool, right? Okay, so you get it. Zach Twomley wants to go to Cambridge or Oxford to do a history PhD. He wants to graduate with flying colours, and he wants to be Dr. Zach, above all. And if you're wondering what I want to do for my PhD thesis, in other words, that 100,000 word monster that I'll have to construct while I do the three-year degree, it'll be along the lines of honour. Again, except I'll be looking at the Code of Honour in Britain from about 1839 to 1914. Now, this is the research proposal I have 
in my head and on paper and which I've discussed with people at the moment doesn't necessarily mean it's what I'm going to do but I definitely think Code of Honor is a different perspective that no one really has looked at and I think it could be my niche it doesn't necessarily mean I'm obsessed with Honor to be honest I'd like to be rid of it altogether and just look at like something familiar but the Code of Honor is great because it can be applied to so many things and it can allow me to examine things on a level that you wouldn't really have thought I'd be able to. It's like it's like a platform from which I can jump to any kind of history topic that I want to because the Code of Honor was used in so many different ways. So it's ingenious in that sense, but let's hope it works out. I'll keep you updated with that as well. So the only concern you might have is where all this would affect, negatively or otherwise, the podcast. And you'd be right to have that concern. What it really means is that, for better or worse, Britain Goes to War is going to be the staple of when diplomacy fails, for at least the foreseeable future. And I know, if you guys aren't exactly the biggest fan of Britain Goes to War, that might be something that makes you groan and moan at the thought of it, but to me it's important because it means that Britain Goes to War and the things that happen within that will be parallel to what I want to study on the PhD thesis, which is the Code of Honor, etc., Now, this is all theoretical. If I end up not doing the PhD at all next October in 2016, then maybe things will change. But for the moment, this is the way I see things going if I do end up going where I want to go. And unfortunately, for those that don't like Britain Goes to War, it means they will be stuck with it. But if you don't like Britain Goes to War now, that doesn't necessarily mean you won't like it in the future, because it will change and it will adapt, and it won't always be about British politics in the late 19th century, so... Don't worry, this is just the introduction period we have to go on. So, yeah, Britain Goes to War. What are we all thinking of it? I think, to me, I didn't really expect to have to delve this deeply into British politics at all. To me, the golden age was going to be the first few episodes on a brief background to British political and diplomatic history before jumping into the first major crisis and the first real episode, standalone Part B, which is the Fashoda Crisis, which you can look forward to. But instead, we've kind of been sidetracked into Gladstone and Disraeli. But that's okay, because I find it very interesting, and I have gotten some good feedback, so I know you guys do find it interesting too, which is great. And it's nice in some ways to be looking at things from a different angle, and this will definitely help me for my thesis in the PhD, which is another benefit of this whole thing that I'm doing right now, because the Code of Honor, at this point even, comes up so much. So it's great. It really is. The final thing I have to mention, and it's sort of personal and sort of non-personal at the same time, because if you know me, you'll know that it's sort of obvious at this point, is who Zach Twomley really is and what he wants to do with his life. I mean, you don't really think that I want a podcast forever without any upward movement, do you? Well, then you'd be wrong, because I'd love to do that. But instead, I have to face reality and realize that I'd be far better paid and have a far better life podcasting while also being some kind of history academic. And some kind of history academic is the official, unofficial title I'm applying to what I want to do in my life, because once I get the history PhD, this theoretical history PhD, I know that I want to teach history at a university level, I know I want to write books, I know I want to be one of those people who people talk to when they're asking questions about history. 
I'd kind of like to be a jack-of-all-trades historian, someone who understands the importance of media and formats like podcasting and getting through to people with history who wouldn't normally be interested in history. And let's face it, there's no hope for the History Channel, so my old idea to resurrect the History Channel isn't really going to happen unless I can make people not want to watch Swamp People or Ancient Aliens or oh whatever the hell they're showing now. <laughs> it's so awful. So I'd like to do something like that. At the same time, as well as those two things, i.e. bringing history to young students and also bringing history to people who didn't know they'd like history, I'd also like to write books and write articles and be academic on the research side of it all. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, guys, I want to get into history as much as possible. I want to be respected academically and I want to have the freedom of movement to explore as well and look at things that people think are obvious, change their perceptions of them, and move on to something else. I just loved being able to do that. I loved that freedom with the podcast, and I feel like life should be the same way. If that's naive or impossible, then okay, but there's no point in not trying. I have the right to try, at least, I can say that. And I also have the tools with which I can try, so I'm going to. If I break the mold or become massively famous, then let this be the point where Zach Twomley first declared his intentions to change the historical world. But it's more likely that I will hopefully just get my dream job. I'll settle for that last one. Again, I really have to thank you guys. Just like my history professor in my third year of college reinvigorated my interest in history when it was kind of lagging, mainly because the History Channel was so bad and I didn't feel like I was achieving my true historical potential in university. Just like he reinvigorated my interest in history, you guys have really reinvigorated my passion for history over and over again because of, well, your demand that I keep on doing this, really. And that's not to say it depends on you demanding it, but knowing that I have a firm listener base there of people who want to hear what I have to say, you can only understand how encouraging and how... Really amazing that is when you do something like this yourself. When you do, I'll be waiting in the wings to give you advice, if I do reply to emails, that is, and I'll be very, very happy to lead you on your way to becoming a happy podcaster like me. But what I really want to say is, When Diplomacy Fails would not be When Diplomacy Fails if not for its listeners. That might sound cheesy and obvious, and of course it does, but sometimes cliches exist for a reason, and in this case they really do. You guys are the best. You really are. And not getting emotional, but keep doing what you're doing because you do it so well. And yes, sure, do I wish I was more searchable on Google? Absolutely. But these things will come in time and I've got to keep everything in perspective. And from this perspective right now, things are pretty damn sweet. Yes, they're stressful and I have lots of work to do between Britain Goes to War and sorting out my applications for the PhD But what I hope you've gotten from this very long, drawn-out state of the podcast address, in fact, the longest and most drawn-out in history, is that Zach Twomley is happy, and what he's doing right now is very, very important for the future of his life and his family, and also for the future of this podcast. So yeah, you guys are great, and it's because of you that I'm here right now, and it's because of you that you are listening right now. In the future... Hopefully, we'll get to Louis the Fourteenth. we'll get to the Irish Easter Rising, we'll even perhaps release a few other podcast projects along the way. I mean, who's to say that I won't do that 
epic special series all stand alone on that extra special Chancellor that we all know and love and who's to say I won't release biographies on historical characters that I've always found fascinating and feel you should know about as well. Who's to say I won't collaborate with other people and make new podcasts. I mean, the sky's the limit when you do things with this medium and that's what's great about it. In conclusion, I mean, Acast will help with getting me out there maybe to a wider audience. It'll at least be nice to move around with the Agora Podcast Network, which you guys should all check out even at this very moment, because it will be starting to get up and running soon, so we'll let you know when that happens. But everything's exciting between moving to Acast, which is good, even though it'll slightly change when diplomacy fails in terms of advertisements. I mean, we're about to graduate and have a master's. We got an award for our dissertation. We are applying for history PhDs and planning for our future. Britain Goes to War is going well, and it's dipping into things I didn't really think it would, but I still love it anyway. And I am Zach Twomley. I love history. I love you guys so much. I'm a very happy 24-year-old right now, and I'm under lots of stress, and I see the future in front of me, and it scares the hell out of me sometimes, but other times it's great, because I'm doing what I love. And you are along for the ride. Before I ramble any more, I think we should really end this now. Yeah, this is what happens when I don't have a script. So, for some of you guys who are like, why don't you just not have a script and then you can release more episodes? No, 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 no. Look what happens when I do that. That's terrible. Yeah, so... Jeepers, this is going to take a lot of editing. Okay, um... Signing off. I never say that, actually, do I? (laughs) I really should say that more. Okay, My name is Zach, and you have been listening to When Diplomacy Fails. Oh, wait. No, I still have a few more things to say, do I? Oh, be fit. Yeah, just do be fit. Oh, my voice is so tired now. It's been a long day. Do be fit, okay? Blog, email, Facebook, iTunes. You guys are doing great on iTunes. And tell anything. And maybe eventually Zach will get to play Fallout 4 and have a life. But until that time comes... You can find me on the airwaves speaking about times that when diplomacy has failed. Thank you guys very much, and I will see you very, very soon. Thanks. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.